Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fix. Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash modern mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love mama. Welcome to the Modern Mamas Podcast. We're two modern mamas with the goal to inspire, empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hey, y'all. Welcome to a creamy catch-up episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I'm so excited. I'm never going to not chuckle, ever. (laughs) Because we're essentially teenage boys' humor with our humor. So, hi. Long time no chat. Hi, except for the last half an hour. Yeah. We had to share some life stuff for a bit before we hopped on. And we share a lot of life stuff here, too, of course. But sometimes sometimes me and my person, we just needed some alone time. (laughs) That can't Insta- always share her with y'all. <laughs> oh my gosh, that Instagram post literally brought me to tears. I was, it was so unexpected, and I was just like, oh my god, I love you so much. <laughs> so thank I you for that. You. That was so sweet. Of course, and that, that every sweet. word, I adore you. I adore you. And too. I was like reminiscing back in those photos of from Austin. I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to be there again. Mm-hmm. Soon, anything so soon ish. Soon ish, yeah. Hi. Well, well, yeah. So today, so if you tuned into last week's regular catch up, we kind of went on a tangent about our quote unquote fitness journey. I don't know how we want to like term that, but we thought we'd actually just like dive into the real thing today, a full on. Yeah. Head first. Head first. Our fitness, our fitness journeys. Yes. Yeah. They've been complicated, but they've... <laughs> <laughs> complicated <laughs> complicated i'm like okay how do we transition this it, they've been complicated but they the the interesting thing is i feel like we've shared a lot of similarities mm-hmm. in some ways and so i feel like there's going to be a lot of insight and honestly since i've started sharing a little bit more i mean i've just been moving my body more than i ever have probably in the last four years and sharing about how that's going i've had so many messages with people like oh my gosh like I feel the same way or I'm going through the same thing or I have the, have the same history with, I don't, I don't know if you would call it, what's the words are so hard right now, not orthorexia, but you know, when you're the female triad, kind of like kind of what I dealt with, yeah, it's like the female triad, female triad. I never lost my period. Cause that's what it's like. Amenorrhea. What's the, the three? I think the female triad is like food, restricting food. Gosh, I should have looked that up a little bit more, I think, before jumping on here. Female I, I, know, I know that one is like both with food and fitness. It's like restricting food and over-exercising. Okay. It's disordered eating, amenorrhea, and osteoporosis is technically what the, oh. fem- the female athlete triad okay, is called. Okay. That makes sense. 
but I think I know what you're talking. You're kind of referring to like just kind of really being focused on what you're eating, how you're exercising, you know, all of those, yes. those things. Those um, two things are in tandem. I think a lot of people who actually, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but I know for both you and I, that was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. That's that combination of like, for me, if I was eating what I had been eating, and we're just going to dive right into this, I yeah, guess. Let's go. Cause I, it was funny. Cause right before we hopped on, I was like, it's going to be light, you know, talking about fitness. And I was like, we can't talk about fitness. I can't in my journey without talking about disordered eating and like, you know, that my whole like complicated history. Uh-huh. Mine has always been like competitive driven, like mm-hmm. whether it was trying to get, be the captain of a sports team or compete in triathlons or competing on the college track team or that kind of stuff was always like the catalyst for it. And of course there's more deep beneath the surface. But if you had looked at what I was eating, the number of calories for a sedentary young person, it wouldn't have been, I don't think it would have been that alarming in terms of like, it was definitely too little, but I was eating, I was eating three meals a day. They were, it was very calculated for sure. And like exactly what, what I would eat. It was very regimented and very like structured. I had to have the certain things and a certain number of turkey slices and like all of that. But I was just exercising like insane, insane amounts. And so that's where like my fitness journey, like when I think of it, kind of where I really started was in sport and that, that spiraled the, the love of sport, the fun of sport spiraled in high school to be an unhealthy addiction to fitness that, yeah, it was pretty intense <laughs> and I would have periods that would got better and then it would get pretty bad again all the way up until I was, we basically like sold our house and sold everything. And I sought out therapy and we moved to Washington for a year and just like totally had to like do a full kind of revival and my relationship with fitness since then. And then since having Evie has like dramatically shifted, it's been the most, one of the most powerful transitions of my life. So there's a quick overview. I'm done. Your turn. Hi friends. Laura here with a quick break to tell you a little bit about one of our absolute favorite products and companies. Our friends at Paleo Valley are on a mission to help people reclaim vibrant health, providing products that prioritize nutrient density in an industry that prioritizes everything else. They believe that every dietary choice and every added ingredient is a powerful opportunity to love and care for ourselves. And we couldn't agree more. I love the organ complex and C serum for everyday holistic health support. And the beef and turkey sticks are our favorite travel essentials when we're out in the van. And right now we are digging the super greens. They're organic, they're non-GMO, and they contain the actual ingredients that you can use that aren't going to cause inflammation. And right now you can get 15% off of your Paleo Valley order with the code MODERNMAMAS. Check it out. Yeah, well, it's just so funny because there's so many similarities and I, you know, I'm going to dive a little bit more into to my history. I think I've shared about it here on the I'm podcast sure I will before. Too, yeah, that was just kind of a quick yeah. But I also so growing up, I I'll just I'll just lay it all out there. Like I never ever once thought about what I was eating. We ate the standard American diet. I mean, we ate you know just whatever like prepackaged snacks. You know, frozen meals. My mom was not. She she did not like cooking. My dad worked out of town most of the time, so a lot of times it was like, let's eat cereal for for dinner. And for me, I joke about this all the time, but it was like I would eat a bowl of frosted flakes, and then I would put white sugar in the bowl of frosted flakes, so that like with every bite, I could get the flakes and crunchy grains of sugar in my spoon. And that's just the way we were. Like that's the way we grew up. And I never thought twice about it. I did sports pretty much all through middle school and high school and just never really had to, no one ever commented on my body. No one ever 
said anything about it. I was strong. I, I mean, I looked probably just like an average female athlete, you know, all throughout high school and then went to college and there was a, a an inciting, this, I'll just, without going into too much detail, something happened within my family unit that really just changed my whole life. And it was right before I went off to college and I was set to go to this school and I did go to the school in Virginia. It was a private school and just a whole different world up there. And so this thing happened with my family and my family basically just got completely changed and went to this school where, and I, I don't remember if I've mentioned this before, but I think I have, I graduated valedictorian of my class. It was a very small high school, but I already had that like achiever perfectionistic tendency about me and went to this school where everybody was the valedictorian of their graduating class. And so I wasn't anything special. Meanwhile, I'm like, my whole personal life is out of control. And so it was kind of like this natural, not natural. It was very unnatural. Let's just be honest. But this progression into, I am not special. I don't have any control over my life. And the things that used to make me, me are no longer who I am. And I'm also looking at these, this, these people around me who I'm, you know, I'm, I'm from Texas, which really doesn't mean anything. There's many different kinds of people that live in, live in Texas, but I'm from a small town where the cowboy capital of the world. And I'm in this school where everyone's a l- much more affluent than I am. They're driving like Range Rovers and everyone's in a sorority, which I have nothing against, but was just a whole nother world. And I looked around and I was like, I don't look like these people at all. I'm not like these people at all. I need to make myself like these people. And so then I started to spend hours at the the fitness center because I, you know, I wasn't playing sports anymore, but I still really missed that outlet of physical activity. Well, then it was like, I'll go for 30 minutes. And then it was like, I'll go for an hour and then I'll go for two hours. And then started to control, find control through limiting my food. And then as I was limiting my food, I was like, oh, I'm losing weight. And it was like the freshman 15, everyone kind of told you like, be careful, like jokingly, but like, you're going to, you're going to gain the freshman 15. So I took that to heart really like, oh, like I don't want to do that, you know? And so really went hard, the opposite direction. And, you know, I'm five, three, I don't actually even really know what because I don't really go by these numbers, but I'm not sure what the like standard weight for a five, three person is. But at my lowest, I was like 90, I want to say like 91 pounds. And that's when I realized, like, I didn't really realize that I had an eating disorder until, because I would go home and people were like, Oh my God, you look so amazing. Like, you know, this was in the beginning stages of losing weight. And then I would internalize that and be like, well, did I, did I not look good before? I guess something was wrong with me before when I was, when I weighed more. And so then it was like, okay, if a little bit is good, a lot will be better. And it wasn't until I was like at that 91 pounds that everyone was like, wait a minute, like that's too much weight. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well, it's too late now. I have these patterns of eating, these patterns of behavior that are so ingrained. I'm starting to find my identity in the way that people you know, speak about the way I look. It was so, so hard to break out of that pattern. There was therapy involved. A lot of it was, it took years, honestly, to reverse that because then I also went through, you know, okay, like I'm not going to 
restrict myself from eating, but I'm going to eat and that I'm going to, you know, binge and purge essentially. And so then it kind of like transitioned from, we probably should put a trigger, trigger warning at the beginning of this episode potentially, but it transitioned from anorexia to bulimia. And then it was like, I remember reading this one book, this workbook around disordered eating. And it really, I don't know what it was, something about the message in there, but it really it changed me. It changed my perspective. I was able to kind of relax into eating appropriate amount of food. I was able to gain weight back slowly, but, and this comes to like the crux of the fitness part of it. I then started, okay, well I can eat whatever I want within reason, but in order to maintain this healthy weight, I then therefore need to like exercise. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we've both talked about this before it being very similar. Mine was very, mine became very transactional. Yeah. And so like it it is, it was transactional. It was like, okay, I'm not anorexic anymore. I'm not bulimic anymore, but Mm -hmm. like now I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start marathon training just because I want to, I want to run a marathon, not because, and I I would tell people like, not because I want to lose weight or anything. Like, I just really want to run a marathon. Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was punishing myself, you know? And so really got into running and I would like, like I said before, I have a, a love hate relationship with running. It was very therapeutic for me, but at the same time, I, f- I remember finishing my first and only marathon and then going to the hospital afterwards and having to get like IV fluids and stuff. It was just a crazy exper- experience, like all in all. And so then I was like, okay, I'll just do half marathons and so on and so forth. And then, you know, really stuck with running for a long time until I met Tim and you know, he's changed a lot of things for the better in my life. I'm staring at him right, right now across the, the kitchen table while we're recording. But he started working at the same place as Tim, and he invited me to my first ever CrossFit class. And I was like, what is this? I don't do weights. Like, you know, I just am a runner. I would run like during our lunch break, like six miles. And then I would go eat a convenience store corn dog and a diet big gulp from the convenience store. Like that was my, my lunch. It was, it was pretty, it was just very out of touch with like nourish, like nourishing my body. Like you said, very transactional. And so went to my first CrossFit workout on the beach in Corpus and it was so much fun. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's this community and there's, you know, like, I still feel like I moved my body in a way that felt really challenging, but then I wasn't also just like repetitively running miles and miles. And so really got, got into that. And then I don't know, I'll pause a little bit because I feel like I've just been like word vomiting, but I kind of want to hear a little bit more about like your transition through all that. Cause I know ours is yeah. pretty similar. Cause we've talked off, off podcast before about all the like ailments and the like mindset where you would like, you know, travel or go on vacation, but like and this was me too, like go on vacation, but like, I have to get my six miles in, like even on vacation, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? So I want to hear more that about for me in high school. Yeah. So I was like, sorry for me in high school. I was like the, 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 it started for me when I, let me go back to the day I was born. So I was very tiny when I was itty bitty, like when I was little, my, my nicknames were mini, where it's like mini, I played softball and the, the cheer for me when I'd be up to bat would be like, she may be small, but she can hit the ball. She's got peewee power. So I was like, <laughs> I, I am trying to be very intentional even now with Evie and the way that we talk about her size or actually don't because that really, I think, impacted me. So then I got to high school and my freshman year of high school, I grew six inches and I started to 
you know, turn into no longer this teeny tiny little human. And I, I think back now and I feel as though some of it was the sports thing, which I'll get into, but some of it was also that like the way I had grown up identifying as being small and perhaps maybe not wanting to lose that because that was a part of like my charm. And like, I was like the little one and I was like the fun little scrappy athlete kind of thing. And then I started to not be so tiny anymore. And by any, by no means, never on my frame have I been, I, I like that's it's the body dysmorphia bit is so interesting too. But so it was part that I think identifying as being tiny. I had a couple of friends in high school who were absolutely gorgeous and like curvier than me. I was like, I had been tiny and then I grew, but I still didn't have like the curves, like I, the butt right. And like the tiny waist kind of thing. And on top of that, one of them was very, very self-deprecating around her looks. And I look back now and a lot of that came from, I think, her parents and whatnot. And they were both very sought after with the, the, the guys too. So like that piece, like the social pressures for sure. It's taken me a lot of years to like dissect this stuff. And then I think the real thing for me was that I played field hockey and I was very good. And I desperately wanted to be captain my senior year. And this is when things like really spiraled. It was like freshman year, sophomore year, totally fine. It was like junior year that summer, especially of junior year into senior year, I worked my, literally worked my ass off to get to earn a captain spot because my coach was far and above any other thing, like skill set or actually like skill on the field, cared about how fast you could run. We ran, our practices were like 50% running because in her mind, that was what mattered most of all. And so I knew that I had the skills on the field, but I knew that if I wanted to be captain, that I had to be at the front of the pack. And like my first couple of years of high school, I was always towards the back of the pack with running. And so I took the training, they, they do like a summer training schedule, like a calendar and everything. And I just took it into overdrive. And like, we took a family vacation to Idaho and I, we, everywhere we stopped, I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran and I, I didn't miss a, a single workout and I added to them and I became incredibly restrictive around food. And I could, I could use the, like, it was, it started by this desire to, to like earn a spot and be the best which I did. I was like, ended up being one of the faster ones on the team and earned a spot as captain. And I was so proud of myself, but it spiraled very quickly. And this is not something I really shared publicly, but I actually ended up not being able to play the first half of the season. I ended up in the hospital, not because my heart rate was really low. I was still fine. Like I felt great. I had tons of energy. Like I wasn't near collapse or anything, but my mom, I love my mom. She has never been good at hard conversations, her entire, our entire relationship. And instead of like you know, sitting me down and talking to me about like, okay, what's, what's actually going on here? She brought me to the pediatrician and the pediatrician took my heart rate and was like, this is too low. And they just put, like, took me to the hospital. And it was like, I felt like it was scare tactics were used. And it was really, really fucking hard because I'd worked so hard to earn that spot. And then to be out the first half of my season, it was devastating. And it rocked me for sure. And I came out of that and was able to run it, like play the second half of the season. It was like a terrible season. Typically we would, we would like win CCS and everything. Anyways, just like a rough senior first half of the senior year and kind of like shook out of that. And the second half of my senior year into college, like I was pretty fine again, you know, I was, I would still go to the gym, but it was like a much healthier relationship around both food and fitness and just really enjoyed the second half of my senior year and then went to college and, you know, I didn't have any sort of intense life events. Like I know that you've experienced, but that transition to college can, it can be, it's stressful. I dealt with some really intense homesickness that was exacerbated by some pretty severe spiritual, it's hard to explain, but like awakenings, uncertainties, deep inner turmoil. They look back now and like my poor 17 year old self in college, <laughs> just like, just like had some really tough first weeks there. And that was the thing I could control, right? Like I could, I could control what I ate. So I was, I was spending 
so much time in the I played club field hockey in college. And so that I think was a, a, like re-triggered some stuff. And then I was spending so much time in the, the, the fitness facility and was like, you know, going to my classes and there's just like, you know, the food on campus is garbage. So it was very, very, there's only certain things that I would eat very regimented around that and kind of fell back into some patterns, but not nearly as intense with the food stuff. But that said, I was spending a lot of time doing training for field hockey out on the track, right? quote unquote, for field hockey. Yes, I loved my sport. I wanted to be good, but it was also a cover up for a disordered relationship with fitness. And I got approached by the track coach. He saw me out there every day and he was like, I think you should come run for us. And that quickly spiraled me into, because now it's like I really had something to be training for, like really, really did. And so pursued that and it just got, without going into all the details, it just got out of hand quickly. And my, my, like my friends and my mom, you know, and I actually am the one that was like, okay, this is not a good fit just weird shit. Like you can't, you know, I would go out to a team dinner or like you pack up half your meal and like, no one's allowed to drink milk. Like just weird shit. What? Um, and I, On a yeah, college, and, uh-huh. like collegiate athletic team. Yeah. Running wow. track, like long, like, the, like mile 5k kind of thing. And I actually was the one that was like, this is not going to be good for me. So didn't do that, but then joined the, like the local basically running team. And so I started training for half marathons and like, I was, I was a good runner. I will say I was a good runner and I could have been, I could have been so much better if I didn't overtrain. I would like go on our Sunday runs that were like, you know, 11, 12 miles. And then I would go to the gym after to like lift the free weights and sometimes get on the elliptical and I would, my coach would go to the gym on campus and I have to like hide from him. And if he caught me, he would like scold me. I just wish Rusty's like, if you had listened to him, <laughs> you would have been so good. <laughs> But I was just chronically, chronically injured and chronically overtraining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like in, in high school, in college, like I'm thankful for my athletic career in college. Like I was, you know, doing the triathlons and stuff. Like I was good at it and it kept me like from binge eating or not binge eating, like eating shit and like binge drinking and mm-hmm. whatnot. I still had fun, but like, you know, but then I also look back and I'm like, man, I could have been a little more carefree in college. Yeah. So then I met Rusty and, you know, we fell in love and he started doing the the track workouts with me and. And then, you know, we moved up to the Bay Area and I started a new job as a teacher and took that same mentality. I would like wake up in the morning with Rusty. We'd go to the gym on campus and train in the mornings. And one of the coaches there was a CrossFit. He did CrossFit at the, the campus gym. It was, they had such a rad gym at um, Midi, Archbishop Midi High School in San Jose. And so he would kind of try and coerce me into... <laughs> doing the CrossFit stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going to go spend an hour, like at least 45 minutes on the elliptical. And then I'm come down and do like biceps and triceps and some like assisted pull-ups, you know, that's what I do. Today's, today is bicep and back day. <laughs> and we are it not going to deviate. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay. And then eventually I slowly started coming around. But in those days I would come in the morning with Rusty. I would get on the elliptical or stair stepper for like 45 minutes and grade papers. And then I would go do my like backs and buys or whatever day it was. And then I would go teach all day. And then I would typically get back on the elliptical, the stair stepper right after school for like 20 more minutes in grade papers. And then I would go coach my field hockey team at the high school. And oftentimes I would run with them when I asked them when they had to do running it for practice. And then I would come home and eat and I would go to sleep and do it all over again. It was wild. Mm -hmm. So then I found CrossFit and it was awesome. And the um, owner of NorCal CrossFit, Jason Khalifa, this was back in 20, my gosh, 2012. He was reached out to a coach, a, a teacher at the school where I was teaching, asking him to like, lead this SAT prep program for a bunch of high school kids at the gym at his CrossFit gym. And that teacher was like, 
screw that. I'm too old. But there's this new gal who has like endless amounts of energy. So he connected us. And so I met Jason Kleep. At the time, I had no idea who he was. But he's like, if you've been in CrossFit for a while, you know, he's like an OG. He won the 08 CrossFit Games and started like a, a CrossFit gym conglomerate kind of thing. So I started this program at his gym where I would take these students and I would take them through like Rusty and I would coach them through like an hour, 30 minute, 45 minute class, CrossFit class. And then immediately I would tutor them in the SAT. And so that brought us into that gym, started training with like Jason Kalipa and Neil Maddox and Miranda Oldright, all these people who were like games athletes. And my little body who'd like only just ran itself into the ground for the past however many years was like, I can do this. And so I started training, taking the same mentality that I had for endurance training. And I would spend like two hours doing like CrossFit workouts a day. And I literally, holy broke. cow, that's a lot of, of work yeah. in a day. Yeah. I'll never forget my Pat Barber. We had my friend, Pat Barber. We had just done like an hour and a half of training and I get, and then afterwards I get up, go get on the GHD and I'm doing sit-ups and he, he looks, he stop, he's walking by, he stops Pat and he looks at me and he goes, what do you think that's doing for you right now? And at the time I was prideful and I was, I didn't know what to say. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm getting Miranda six pack. You know, I was surrounded by these athletes that were just, I went from wanting this like lean runner's body to like, okay. Oh, and actually like, I think that I want, it was always about like, yeah, this was about the sport, but it was also about the aesthetic that came with the identity of being that athlete. I wanted to look like that. I wanted those quads and like that six pack and letting go of that bullshit has been so freeing. This is my body and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make this one explicit, explicit, but so then I, yeah, so I took that training mentality to that literally broke myself. But in the meantime, met Greg Glassman, who was the original the founder of CrossFit and they hired me on to like run the education portion of CrossFit at the time, like nonprofit arm. And so I worked for CrossFit in that capacity for like two years and then got on level one, actually CrossFit level one seminar staff, which is wild to think about. But I had a very intensive introduction to CrossFit where I was being trained by, to coach by some of the most incredible coaches on the planet day in and day out. I ate, ate, drank and breathed it. And I'm a, I'm a teacher by trade. So like for me, standing up in front of people and teaching them how to move and how to coach others came very easily. And so I got on level one seminar staff and then, yeah, I worked for CrossFit from 2012 through 2018 in different capacities, but so wild. But all that say, did you ever um, compete only like on the local level? Never. I was never because I was always hurt. Like I, I literally broke myself. So I was in by like a year into CrossFit, I was in chronic, like chronic, chronic, chronic pain in my neck and my jaw and my upper, my mid upper back like kept me up at night. It was terrible. And I know now after therapy, I sought every type of like Western medicine and Eastern medicine help just threw money at my body basically to fix it. And what it really came down to was fixing my relationship with fitness and my headspace. So Rusty was working for NorCal absurd hours. It was so wild, like underappreciated for sure. And I was working for CrossFit and at one point we're like, what are we doing? We just felt like we were on like a hamster wheel. So we made the decision to like sell everything and we bought a house sight unseen up in Washington, ironically, where we are back now in the same area. And that year up here changed everything. My pe- I ha- didn't have a period for seven years. My period came back. There's a number of things that played into that loss of period that are probably a little bit intense to get into here, but some of it was the fitness and exercise. And yeah, um, I will just say it. Some of it was also a vaccine injury like a combination of things that just like spiraled my whole body and health out of control. And then yes, my period came back. I was in therapy. I was spending way more time like walking in the woods versus in the gym. I was only going to the gym three days a week. And even then like 
I'd maybe do a couple of Metcons a week, but mostly just like some slower and more intentional, like lifting period came back, just had a renewed relationship with my body and my mind and my soul. And for me up here in Washington, I'm in a much better place in my relationship with my body, California, just the energy and the, the intensity there. I don't know. It's not a great place for my headspace. So being up here is a really great place for me. If you didn't know, my period came back again, postpartum uh, when we moved back up here. So it's like, this is a fertile place for me for sure. But yeah. And so I just kind of healed that relationship and discovered more of like the, the, like a mindful movement practice that I've carried with me and I've developed and grown and made my own. And now like I still, I go to the CrossFit gym and I love lifting and I love lifting heavy and I love my, the power of my body and what it can do. I love doing kipping pull-ups and Metcons and all that. But like, I always lay on the ground first thing in the morning and I do my flows and I tune in to what my body is capable. It's like, it's always capable, but like what it, what it's asking for in any given day. And I give myself so much grace. And then the year in the van was huge for my health headspace around fitness too, because we were living in a van for a year and a half. And I maybe did like four CrossFit workouts that whole time, spent a lot of time just like finding park benches and doing like step-ups and, and, you know, push-ups and burpees and, or just going for lots of long walks and hikes and finding so many magical ways to move my body. But flow has been always a part of that ever since I started doing that. So, uh, yeah. And then motherhood was huge for me too. After giving birth to my daughter, I was just like this body, it can do amazing things. <laughs> and I was like, so gentle with the postpartum, you know, able to still get, I did CrossFit in my own way, like all throughout pregnancy. And when I felt ready, like postpartum, but just like, I just don't feel like I've never been in a better headspace around fitness. And like, I believe to my core that the cross CrossFit methodology when, when done right is the most effective form of fitness for, for most people. I think that anyone can do CrossFit, but I don't necessarily think that it's for everybody. So it's just an interesting, cause I know this question kind of was spurred by someone who specifically asked about like CrossFit in our lives. And so I do think that the methodology is incredibly effective, but you got, it's all relative. You got to make it fit, you know, that like functional movement, make it fit your life and your body's needs and, and different seasons and all of that. And I think it's so easy for me. I'm a competitive person. Clearly it's easy for it to get to spiral because it is a very competitive like place. The gym is a competitive place. So right now I'm in a unique transition and I'm um, spending most of my time. I'm spending most of my time just working out. Like I'll, I'll go after class to open gym and there's a few other people there, which is fun, but like just moving at my own pace and really taking time to tune into my body. At other times I'll, you know, I've been in class and like, you know, love getting my ass kicked and all that, but it's just like different seasons call for different different types of fitness and and different types of it, different intentions, I think. But always at the core of that intention for me is just like, what is my body actually asking for? And is this going to serve me both like mentally and physically? Oh my gosh. I, I think that's really the like crux of it for me too. And I'll, did you want to add any more to your, your story? Cause I, I oh. just blacked out. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you covered it all. You covered it really well. And I learned some, Thanks. some, I learned some new things, even though I felt like I've heard your journey before. Like I, I feel like that was really, really cool to just kind of hear, hear where you are now. Hey friends, dropping in to chat real quick about one of our most long-running and well-loved podcast sponsors, Beekeepers Naturals. In case you missed it, Beekeepers has gotten a new look and a new product while still being the same amazing company we know and love. At our house, we have two favorite products. For me personally, I love the Bee Elixir. I use it before big work periods, podcast interviews, whenever I need an extra brain boost. And then all of us love the Bee Powered Honey. It's phenomenal. Evie loves it on her Evie Sourdough Pancakes, and I love it on my new favorite, slice of toasted sourdough, butter, 
avocado, a drizzle of that honey, and then a sprinkle of sea salt. It's so good. Sounds amazing. Not only are they continuing the tradition of making amazing bee-powered products to support health naturally, but bonus, their mission is all about saving those precious honeybees. We love, love, love that they're a certified bee corporation that cares about people and the planet. My first and forever love will always be the superfood cacao honey that has become a staple on Saturday morning pancakes in our house. I also can't wait to try the bee-soothed honey lozenges with propolis, zinc, and vitamin D for extra immune support. And did you know that bees are responsible for every third bite of food you eat? Their products have truly become a staple in our health and wellness journeys, and we're so happy to share our love and support. Bee health around the world. Did you also know that grazing animals rely on bees to pollinate their nutrient-dense grasses? Those bees are working. If you want to see what these products are all about and be a part of supporting our tiny little friends, don't forget to visit www.beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash modern mamas and or use the code modern mamas for 15% off your order. Stay buzzing, friends. Our journeys are similar too. like my initial blackout word vomit was all kind of about up to up to me finding CrossFit. And so the last 10 years has been this like, cause 10 years, Tim and I have almost been married for 10 years it has been this like evolution still within an evolution within the evolution because, you know, I, Tim introduced me to CrossFit. I never, I'll never forget the first real workout that I did in the gym was the filthy 50, which is horrendous and well we split it in half and it was still horrendous so we did oh like the gosh. filthy 25 and I still like almost threw up and so that's 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 not like a pride thing it's not like ooh, it was so good I almost threw up like it was like whoa it was kind of like a rude awakening and I was like okay so there was some when I was getting into it like easing into it the gym that we were a part of, CCD CrossFit, it's not there anymore, but it was so awesome. It was it was just a really great place to start to learn these movements in a really like constructive environment, like a very educational environment. So Tim and I got really, really into it, going like five days a week, you know, a transitioning my obsession with running to now, just like you, this obsession with like getting really good at CrossFit. Now, Tim has always been naturally really good at it. He just has like Rusty too. Yeah. It's He's kinda... like, what's a muscle up? Oh, is it this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like, you know, Tim is, he's not a like big guy, but he just has some really beautiful movement patterns that allow for him to, to just crush, crush. And he's very, you know, has a very healthy mindset around exercise as well. So anyways, we, when we moved to San Antonio, we opened our own CrossFit gym and I don't think a lot of people know that, but we had our own CrossFit gym for a while. And that was really, really fun. This was pre-kids, but it was also really, really hard <laughs> to do that and to get it started in a new community. And for a couple different reasons, we ended up like kind of closing that down, selling all of our equipment to a friend who now we got them started into CrossFit like for the first time. And they still have a gym here in San Antonio. And so that's really cool too, because that ripple effect of aside from the actual movements and the physical benefits of the of CrossFit like style workouts the community like we've talked about this at length as well is has been so imperative in my life like some of my best friends I have met through there and again like getting back into this new community that we're cultivating it's we've found a lot of connections through the gym and I know like you and Taz like imagine like y'all are great great friends and you met 
probably, I mean, through CrossFit, right? Through Pat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so Taz and Pat were the ones who taught us to be trainers, Rusty and I. So like, um, it's amazing what I'm sure, you know, say what you will about CrossFit in general, like the, the things that it's probably brought to your life as it has to mine is just, I mean, it's hard to even measure how much impact it's had in that way. And so I CrossFitted through my entire pregnancy with Bear, which at the time I didn't know anything about diastasis. I didn't know anything about really anything about birth fit or like these movements or what I should or shouldn't be doing. I was just, it was a pride thing. It was like, I'm, you know, 30 weeks pregnant and I can do, I can do whatever I want. Like I can do everything. And I was, I was like, you know, doing pull-ups and, you know, not knowing at the time, looking down, I was like, oh, I got this weird cone thing popping out of my belly. Like, what is that? You know, just completely, I'm gonna give myself grace because I, you can't know what you don't know, but did, not knowing at the time that that was, you know, going to be part of my story now because that diastasis was really significant and it still is very significant and it's impacted, you know, how I carry babies in the future and my ab strength now and just functionality over time. But I thought in my head that I did CrossFit, birth was going to be easy because I was, you know, doing all these things. And so I had a lot of like mixed feelings after Bear's birth when it did not go as I had prepared. I had told myself it was going to go. I struggled afterwards. I was like, I did all this stuff. I was strong. I was, you know, endurance and, you know, all these things. And it still didn't go the way I wanted. So a lot of like really kind of mixed emotions postpartum with that whole experience. And after Bear. I didn't really find a good movement practice. I'll be totally honest when I, you know, the period between Bear's birth and Camille's conception, I was kind of lost like movement wise. I also probably, you know, talked about this before. I had postpartum anxiety and depression. There was a lot of things going on there. I was working so much at my job from like seven to seven every day, just really no time in my mind for movement. And so I took a huge step back from any sort of exercise at all during that time. And throughout Camille's pregnancy, I didn't really do anything. And I felt guilty about that because I was like, well, with Bear's pregnancy, I, you know, was, you know, super fit and doing all the things. And with Camille's pregnancy, I slowed down a lot, mostly because, you know, the second time around, you also have a little kiddo that you're chasing around. And I was just tired. I was so tired and I was working a ton. But, you know, it was kind of redemptive. It was the first glimpse or kind of niggling that I had in my brain that like, oh, like resting is not bad. Less is not bad. Less is more, in fact, because that whole pregnancy where I really just listened to my body, I took a lot of naps. I walked some, you know, when I felt good and my delivery, I'm not saying it's directly related, but like my delivery experience was so different with Camille for many, many different reasons. But it, you know, after that, in hindsight, I was like, oh, like I didn't do all X, Y, Z. And I still had an impactful birth. Does that make sense? I'm kind of like all over the place. Yeah. You were tuned, you tuned in. Yeah. I honored your body for the first time, honestly, ever, ever in my whole life. That was the first time I actually tuned in. And then, you know, after Camille, again, I took a long time, my body, 
in hindsight, again, like I can see that my body takes a long time to recover from the act of pregnancy and delivery mentally, physically, like abdominally, just like everything nutritionally, the, the whole nursing experience also, I think is, I wouldn't, I won't say hard on my body, but it just requires a lot of energy from me. And so, you know, during that postpartum period with Camille up until literally probably like two years ago, I just really didn't do anything like in a formalized manner. I didn't have any sort of like movement practice. I didn't really walk. I didn't run. I didn't go to CrossFit. I didn't take classes. And then about two years ago, just kind of really started feeling like my body wanted movement. And since then it's been slowly trying lots of different things. I've done street parking at home. I've done different programs. I've run, I've walked, I've done orange theory. I've really just, you know, gone rock climbing, joined the rock climbing gym, had a really fun experience just trying out and seeing like what my body likes and what brings me joy, what energizes me versus drains me because that's part of the process too, right? Like I would try and do exercise, you know, quote unquote, like exercise and it would not energize me. It would drain me. And so now I know again, like it really should energize you, right? Like movement, your movement practice should kind of set you up to be energized for the day. And that wasn't what was happening. So there was a lot to uncover there. It was like, I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't resting enough. I wasn't sleeping enough. You know, I was waking up all the time with, you know, two kiddos. And so it just wasn't the time in my life for me to be like waking up at 5am and going to the gym for me personally. And that again was the process of tuning in and like leaning into that. And I also, I oftentimes struggled with this sense of like, and I don't know if anyone else can relate, but I, I would tell myself, it's always going to be like this. I'm never going to be able to be feel strong again. I'm never going to feel like I can go run a mile without wanting to just like keel over. And I tell myself this story all the time and it would, it would make me depressed in a way because I felt like I'm not me anymore because I was this person who was active and, you know, did all these different things. And I'm here to tell you that like, the process is so open-ended and there's so much time and there's so much time to get back or find something, not get back like in terms of your body, but get back to a movement practice that you love to find something that's appropriate to get consistent. Like there's just so much time and that there's so much power in tuning into where you're at and like knowing what your body needs right now. Cause I know a lot of people who are listening are, are mamas and they're mamas of young kids. And maybe they even have newborns where they're not sleeping. And it's like, it's okay. Like it's okay Mm -hmm. to prioritize sleep over the gym. And I would say like, probably you're going to get so much more out of getting, trying to get as much sleep as possible than you are that, you know, going to a CrossFit class. I don't know. That's kind of a different whole nother soapbox. Do you have thoughts about that? I mean, no, I feel like you covered it. Yeah. (laughs) I blacked out there. (laughs) Motherhood transition is such a wild time, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to like, I don't know. It's like, there's the, the six week clearance, right? Like you're good, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's like, I don't have anything. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Are you being fed? Are you being cared for? Are you getting time like to just be and breathe. Mm-hmm. Are you sleeping? Like mm-hmm. it's just, there's, it's so complex. It's not just like go back to the gym and get your body back because ultimately if you just go back to the gym and start working out intensely, but all the other life stressors. Okay. So fitness is an ad. It requires adaptation mm-hmm. and it is a stressor. Mm-hmm. Stress is not always bad. It can be so positive. It can lead to really positive adaptation. 
But if every other thing in your life is a giant stressor, adding mm-hmm. on the stressor of fitness, it can be really detrimental. Yeah. I think everyone should be moving every day in some capacity, even if you're just like moving your diaphragm and focusing on breath. But it's like I said earlier, it's just all relative. And the expectation put on people by this society is just, especially moms, is out of control. 100%. Ah, don't mind me just getting my hydration on. <laughs> as much as I make sleep and movement and eating nourishing foods a priority in my life, the one thing I always struggle with is getting enough water in my day. Since I got back into regular exercise and heavy lifting, I've started using Element electrolytes in my water to encourage me to drink more. As the weather heats up and my sweating kicks into high gear really just by going outside in Texas, not only do I need the water, I need the salt, the magnesium, and the potassium too. Not gonna lie, we've also been known to make a mean margarita with the citrus salt flavor. Oh yeah, us too. So delicious, a little bit of kombucha, a little bit of citrus salt, a little tequila, hard to go wrong. That said, We more often use it for our adventures. So for instance, I will fill a water bottle with water and pack it of electrolytes when we go out on our long hikes, our big adventures. And even when I'm traveling, whether in the van or flying, it's so important to keep that hydration and to keep those essential minerals in our bodies all the time. And every single morning I start my day with the raspberry electrolyte drink before coffee, before anything else, And I really feel like I've noticed a huge difference in my overall energy and overall hydration throughout the day. That's amazing. And one of the best parts is you can try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they'll give you your money back. No questions asked. I mean, that is the kind of customer service that we need in our lives. Absolutely. And because we love Element Electrolytes so much, our community members can claim a free Element sample pack, which is seven packets, one of each flavor. And all you have to do is cover the cost of shipping, which is $5 for US customers. All you do is go to drinklmnt.com forward slash modern mamas to claim your freebie and try out our new favorite way to stay hydrated. We hope you love it. Stay salty, friends. And I will say now, like right now, you know, my shoulder is bothering me. I've been going to, to back to CrossFit for like nine months or so, and it's felt really great, feel very energized. But my main motivation for movement is just to feel strong and capable in my body. But also it's like, I'm so interested and intrigued about the concept of rest for optimized like Mm -hmm. strength because people really discount that. They're like, I got to go to the gym five days a week. But like, what if you wake up and you had shitty sleep you drank alcohol the night before. And I'm not saying this is wrong, but it's like, it's tuning in again. It's like, how is your body feeling? Is exercise, intense exercise going to be the most appropriate thing for you today? Or should maybe just like go for a walk or, you know, mm-hmm. do nothing, stretch, roll, like whatever. If you really just need that for your mental health, there's so many options that are less strain on your body. And, and I have seen personally in my own, because it's like, we also you know, there's shame around like wanting to have like physical goals. And I think that there's nothing wrong with wanting to have physical goals of some sort. I think it's all about mindset, but like in my own personal quest to like, you know, get strong or like, you know, get my biceps bulging or whatever. When I am overtraining the opposite, I do not move towards those goals. It usually is reversed because your body is just really intuitive. It's like gonna shut down. It's going to, you know, do the opposite of what you want it to do when it doesn't have all the things that it needs. And that includes rest and recovery time. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's just, it's a big part of fitness and health is 
is the not- time where you're not moving to mm-hmm. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. sleeping. Yeah, it's such a good point. Yeah. So I was going to mention this on the last catch up episode, but I just got the, I, again, like I am so intrigued, uh, like kind of like not really hacking my, my health, but finding the, like the easiest minimum viable thing that you can do to really optimize how you feel. And like everything I've been reading is like, if you can sleep well, if you can really create good sleep habits and really focus on like adequate recovery, then everything else, it really kind of like waterfalls from there. So I've got this, our friend, Melissa, you know, Melissa, she was telling me about, she wears this thing called the whoop band. Rusty has one. Now oh, does too. he have one? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Cause he works for CrossFit. So he gets, they all get one for free. Okay. Well, I'm intrigued about his experience. I'm not 100% sold, but I, I do like data <laughs> and I do just like, you know, trying different things, like getting curious. And so I've started wearing it and I'm just intrigued to see like how the data that it's tracking matches up with how I actually feel. And so I've been tracking that and I'm really, really interested and been prioritizing sleep. And that has been huge. And of course, granted, I'm in a place where like my kids sleep through the night and, you know, we have some leeway there, but I know it's making a huge impact on my actual ability to like show up in the gym and, you know, hit big weights or, you know, push myself a little bit harder. So we'll see. I love it. Yeah. Use whoop. I use flow. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm stubborn with that stuff. I think it's cool, but I'm like, he'll be like, yeah, I, I said I recovered really well yesterday. I'm like, but what is your body telling you? <laughs> well, does it, does, so I, that's what I'm curious. Like, does it match up? Yeah. Does he usually feel well when the data tells him that he's, I think he's still unquote, figuring recovered? it out too. Okay. I'll let him, you guys can record an episode together. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, again, I'm not like, I bought it with my own money and like, this is not a sponsorship thing. I'm just like, yeah. so curious because so the thing is, I think a lot of people, and because I've had people respond to me about the whoop, like, oh, I use it, I love it, or, you know, whatever their experience was. I, in the past, have not been in tune with my body. Mm-hmm. And so for someone who, and I know, Laura, like, this is something that you, it's a strength of yours. Like, you are really in tune. You use your flow to do that, and you're really, really great at it. But like, I haven't always been, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, it doesn't come naturally to me and it's something I'm definitely working on. But for me, I think that data helps me kind of confirm, you know, I'm always like, yeah, I think I feel this way, but I'm not sure. Like, is this just because I had two cups of coffee and I'm feeling like I can tackle life? Like, I don't know. There's so many things that I'm just like unsure of. And so the, that data for me kind of just helps to reinforce the intuition that I do have. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So it's definitely, it's not something it's like, okay. Definitely not something everybody sh- um, should go spend money on. I don't think it's like definitely one of those things that's going to just like blow your health away. But if you're like a data curious person like me, I think it could be fun. Yeah, I know Melissa raves about it. I think it's cool. Rusty likes it a lot too. Well, and she was saying, because Melissa, our friend Melissa is pregnant, and she was saying that it's so interesting. And she is really intrigued to see, to wear it during like labor and delivery and mm-hmm. see what changes. Cause it's tracking all these different things that things like a Fitbit doesn't track. And she was like, I think she even said she could tell when she got pregnant with the debt, de- with the data yeah, because it'll cool. like, it really gives you like trends and it will, will like pinpoint different things that are like it sees showing up. And so she's like, I'm so intrigued to see how the data shifts during pregnant or during labor and then like postpartum. So I think that's cool. So awesome. Yeah. Always learning. Yeah, totally. Totally. What else? Anything else? 
I don't think so. I feel like that that was a nice, I haven't like really talked through that journey in a while. And it's, it's so fun to talk through this stuff. And we always love to hear from you. And I guess the disclaimer that probably should have gone at the beginning, just a reminder that this is like just the two of us yes. sharing our journeys and our experiences and our epiphanies. And we're still very much in it and learning always. And we are not like medical. I think we say that anyways at the beginning. Yeah. Of episode, <laughs> these catch up, these creamy catch ups are always just us sharing our story yeah like sharing yeah sharing our own unique journeys not a comment on anyone else's journey by in any capacity so just want to throw that to lob that out there (laughs) yeah totally and because what works for me might not work for you and all bodies are different like Mm -hmm. they're so unique and bioindividuality is something that i don't think a lot of people talk enough about and so Mm -hmm. yeah i just think and that's the thing. It's like, I also, cause you know, some people will be like, but I just really love running and like, I don't want to give it up. And it's like, I, I would never tell someone to give up something that they love. I would say if you love something, but you're also dealing with like, you know, stress fractures or, you know, undernourishment or like your body is telling you that it might not love the activity, whatever that is, if it's CrossFit or if it's running or whatever, yoga, rock climbing, those are just like it's just a series of questions to ask yourself and to get curious about because like ultimately you that process of tuning in is i think what we're kind of getting at right like totally from from initial story to now it's like what have i learned the most is just to tune in and to listen to what my body's telling me and what it's asking for so hopefully that's what what y'all take away from this whole episode yeah Oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, friend, I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Always. I want to go take care of some tax stuff now. And in case y'all didn't know, I'm standing in Homer right now, our converted van, recording this from the van. So I'm curious. To, I, hopefully it sounds good. But it sounds good on <laughs> my end. So sweet. I feel like it probably sounds better in here than my bedroom because it's like small and the sound doesn't echo at all it's so maybe this will be my new recording uh, it'll really be a right off then if i use it as my recording studio <laughs> uh, i think you should totally do that i'm no tax ex- expert though so. <laughs> <laughs> i love awesome, it friend. all right, all right well, well thank you yep thank you we'll talk soon okay can't wait love you bye, bye love everyone. you bye bye Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.